The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and um, we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to check out the Exxon Broadcast Network uh, schedule to find out what we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel that is exclusive to Simul TV, www.xzbn.net simultv.com we're coming to you tonight on the talk star radio network mutual broadcast network exome broadcast network iheart radio simul radio and simul tv and if you'd like to send me an email exxon at exxon radio tv.com my guest this hour exxon nation is daniel de and we're going to be talking about ghosts this hour and uh, daniel has had multiple unexplained experiences as a child teen and adult He began to study different philosophies, belief systems, and religious perspectives in 1997. This led to a great interest in the paranormal and its existence. He began to experiment with different practices from seances, talking boards, remote writing, etc. And in 2002, he moved into a house that would be considered by most paranormal investigators as very active. The experiences that he had in that house further sparked his interest in the paranormal and he always wanted answers. He had investigated the paranormal from one perspective, but needed to expand his knowledge. He knew that in order to find the truth, he had to change his approach. In 2002, he founded GHOST and its principles, their website, ghost-canada.com. And joining me near from uh, his home near Ottawa, Ontario, is Daniel Deschanel. And Daniel, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me here. Great having you with us. Um, can you tell us about some of the experiences that you had as a uh, <clears throat> child, teen, and adult that 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 drove your your curiosity, your desire to further investigate the paranormal? Well, if if I go back, um, let's go a little further back to some experiences I had I had as a child, okay. um, and then we can go back to the more recent stuff. Back in two thousand two, I had um, I remember an experience where um, 
I was probably about maybe 11, 12 years old, and I was playing basketball in my backyard, and uh, there was a fence there, a wooden fence where you couldn't see on the other side. The other side was a wide open field, right? and uh, the, the ball had bounced over the fence, so I went around the fence, there was a small opening to go get the ball, and before mm-hmm. I got there, the ball bounced back in, backyard, in the backyard. Wow. So I went to the field to see if anybody was there, but there was nobody present. Unless this person's Superman, there's no way they could have ran that fast after throwing the ball. So that was kind of an odd experience when I was a kid. Um, I, I do remember seeing a, um, a, very, a flashy, I was a, maybe a young, geez, I might have been, it's like a, an old memory, like maybe when I was five years old, whether that was a dream or not. But I do remember seeing uh, as a child was like a, uh, a luminous kind of shape over my house when I was a kid. And whether or not that was a dream or not, um, I remember my father coming outside to grab me and pull me into the house. Um, whether or not that was a, a, a UFO experience, I don't know. All I know, it's a memory that's stuck in my brain, and mm. it's not going away. Like, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Right. And um, <clears throat> if we go further in the future to the house I lived in, lived in and I mean, I had multiple little other experiences that, I, you know, they're minimal stuff that I probably won't bother mentioning right now. But the biggest was probably in 2002. Uh, in this house that I lived in in Nepean, Ontario. Uh, I was renting this house, and um, my present-day wife today of 15 years, uh, we first started dating in 2003, and I was starting to get weird experiences in 2002 in this house where I saw a uh, an apparition uh, in my stairs. Uh, I had to double glance to see what it was, and I, I saw a man sitting there. Um, and I also, um, I had candle holders in my living room on opposite sides of the wall and, uh, my wife was sweeping the living room and a candle holder flew off the shelf. It actually went by her head, hit the ground, bounced off and hit the wall on the opposite side of the living room. That to me defies physics. Uh, I don't know how that could have happened. And, uh, I also had, um, um, tea light holder, a glass tea light holder on another shelf in my dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tea light had been lit for a while. So, you know, how tea lights get, they get all liquidy, yep. but the, there's a flame, but it's, it's all liquid inside. Uh, we were in the kitchen cooking supper <clears throat> and we heard a thump in the, the dining room and I, I went to the dining room and the tea light holder was upside down on the floor. The tea light was also on the floor beside the tea, the tea light holder but it was still lit and not a drop of wax was uh, wax was spilled. So to me, that defies physics. How did that happen? Almost like it was deliberately put there, but there was nobody else in the house. So that's, that's to me, I needed validation for those experiences. Like why did these things happen and, and how can they happen? So what have you discovered over the years that you've spent investigating the paranormal, learning different techniques to investigate the paranormal? How d- how do these events that defy physics happen? The thing is, Rob, they don't happen all the time. It, oh. it's, 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 it's almost sporadic. You have to be at the right place at the right time for this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not like uh, you don't capture stuff every time. There's, I would say, at least 70, 80% of the time you go to locations and you, you probably come out empty handed. Um, but then you get locations where something actually does happen and you capture something you can't explain and that's what makes it all worthwhile it's that that one piece of evidence that you find you go i really can't explain how this happened or how we captured this on audio or why this happened on video i really can't explain it and usually i mean none of us have you know physics uh, we're not scientists we don't have a degree in physics if we can't understand something we'll take it to somebody who has that degree in physics and we'll say listen we can't explain it can you explain this for us how did this happen is it possible what other ways could we debunk this so um 
it's it's that's it's the thrill of the hunt. It's like anything else. It's, it's you just want to capture that holy grail of evidence. What kind of answers have you received back from the scientists when you've brought them these, the these questions and these experiences that you and your team have had? Well, I mean, I have uh, I, I studied sound engineering when I was younger, so I do have a background in sound. So right. when it comes to EVPs, I usually analyze those myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to EVPs and very strict because there's audio matrixing where sure. you know you, you you actually tell yourself what you want to hear, yep. and you know you, you can make have five people listen to it and five people have a different answer. Right there, that's audio matrixing. So when it comes to audio, I tend to do it myself. Uh, with video, we had a at the Ottawa Jail Hostel, we had a, a window that opened and closed by itself. And of course, we think, well, maybe it's the wind, uh, maybe it's negative, positive pressures in the building. So we actually took that video to experts that deal with wind dynamics, uh, negative air pressures in the building. These these are the scientists. Mm-hmm. And I also sh- sh- um, sent them some aerial shots from uh, Google Earth of the Ottawa Jail Hostel from the top to see like how wind would go around this building. Right. And when when they uh, viewed the video, they said no. The way the characteristics, it's it's not. Uh, it wouldn't be caused by the wind, and it's definitely not because of negative and positive air pressures in the building. And we actually went back to the Ottawa Jail Hostel with a manometer to measure those pressures. And when the readings came back to the expert, they said no. It's probably not that either. So that window opening by itself is is still uh, it's still a mystery to us. We don't we don't know how to explain it, why it happened. Um, there was multiple windows in that place. That's the only one that opened up that way. So we, we still can't explain that one. I'll tell you, we did our show from the Ottawa uh, jail hostel years ago, yeah. and then we spent the night there. That is mm-hmm. one creepy place. Well, we spent five nights there. We investigated the hostel wow. five times, and we slept on death row. I actually slept in Wayland's cell. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I slept like a baby. Like, no, I didn't feel any experiences. <laughs> I didn't. I just slept on my cot. I was fine. Right. There was, there was no, nothing going on. That was the first few times we did it. But the, the more often we went there, we started getting more evidence. We had audio. We have one EVP where a woman's voice says, come back. And that's as clear as day. That can't even be mistaken for audio matrixing. Uh, the window opening was another one, and we also captured at the Ottawa Jail Hostel, uh, on three occasions, we captured cell doors opening and closing, and it's dis- distinctive. You can tell it's oh, by sure the sound. Can, yeah. it, it's a cell door opening yeah. and closing. So we had gone back to our DVR footage. We had cameras uh, watching every single hallway from every angle. When we went back to the DVR footage, not a single door was moving. So hmm. we still captured that sound, but not a single door moves. So the more often we went there, the more experiences we had. So I'm not going to say it's it's haunted, but I'm going to say that it's definitely there's definitely some stuff that's unexplained going on there. It's 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 definitely uh, one on our top uh, top ten list for sure. All right, Danielle, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Exo Nation, Danielle Deschanel is our special guest. And if you would like to contact Danielle for any information, or maybe you're in the Ottawa area and you have a house that you believe is haunted, his website is www.ghost-canada.com. And Danielle and I will be back on the other side of this uh, short break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Exonation Daniel Deschanel is our special guest. His website is www.ghost-canada.com. Daniel, in your opinion, and after in all the years you've been investigating the paranormal, where has been the most active, haunted place that you and your team have investigated? Well, it's funny you ask that, uh, uh, Ron, because we uh, we this is uh, actually a location that was very recent, um, and I'm sure my team will agree with me. We we all had weird experiences in this place. It's actually called the Trinity Inn in Gananoque, Ontario. So that I would have to say at this point, uh, with the hostel, the the Trinity is definitely one of the um, most haunted places I think I've been in, or where we've had most experiences. 
What kind of experiences did you and your team encounter there? It was just the, the, the whole place is just, it gives you a weird feeling like you're being watched. And of course, mm -hmm. we took a lot of uh, base EMF readings to see if maybe our bodies are reacting to excessive uh, right. electromagnetic fields, which the readings were normal. Uh, anything under 2.5 is not hazardous to your health. So, I mean, there was no really out of the, out of the world kind of EMF readings. Um, the experiences was... Um, just we, we caught some EVPs of voices. Uh, one EVP says, um, uh, "How you doing, Colin?" Wasn't one of us. Uh, we we caught we caught an EVP of a, a woman whimpering. Um, it was uh, there was also at one point there was a smell of um, this this place used to have a morgue in there a long time ago, and at one point during the night I. Started feeling funny, and I, I lost a bit of uh, lost a bit of uh, uh, lost track of time, and and um, there was a, a smell like of dead flesh. Oh, it turns boy. out the basement was was a morgue before. It was just the whole feeling was just almost like it was something was just there, and it, it was just holding on to us, and um, just just weird, totally just weird the whole place, and the EVPs we got, and the feelings that people had, um, just didn't make us feel very good. When you and your team go out to do an investigation, how do you prepare? What kind of uh, pre-investigation uh, would you do? Well, like I said, we'll go to a location. And, and of course, uh, electromagnetic fields can have adverse effects on your physiology, on, on the way you think, and depending if you're highly sensitive to those fields or not. So we'll go in and we'll do a lot of uh, history research on the location. We'll interview as many people as we can. Um, we'll talk to the people that are living there, or presently living there, um, past uh, history, uh, things, has there been any traumatic events at this location? Has, has anyone else experienced uh, hauntings? Uh, we'll go in and do, uh, take some pictures, we'll take some base readings with uh, electro, electromagnetic field detectors, right. um, and then we'll set up for an actual investigation for the weekend. All right, so let's say, uh, let's say I was to call you and say, uh, Daniel, uh, Laura and I have moved to a house near uh, Nepean, or, and we think the house, something is going on in the house. How would you validate prior to coming down to the house with your team that there is, in fact, something going on and that we're not wasting your time? Well, there really is no way of validating it. We have to go meet with the people and okay. find out, meet with it, see what's going on, take some base readings. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way of really knowing whether a place is haunted until you actually go there and actually do your research. So, we'd, again, we'd research the location, meet with the people, question the people, um, figure out what their mental states are. You know, do they have a background of maybe mental illness? We don't know. I mean, sure. it's hard. You have to actually find out. You go to a location. It's not just about the location. You have to meet the people also and, and to see to make sure that these people aren't trying to pull your leg and that, that, that the experiences are they're having are actually legit and does it warrant an investigation now have you ever gone to do an investigation and uh, during your preliminary investigation you've asked the type of questions that you ask and you and your team figure oh boy there's something mentally wrong with this person and if so how do you get out of doing the investigation well i mean it's it's we did one investigation and because of confidentiality of course mm -hmm. i have to keep the uh locations uh not mention the location but I we understand. did have a location where where we went to to a place and the that this man was experiencing stuff he had a lot of problems but when we did our research we found out that 
he had just lost his job. He oh. had broken up with his girlfriend. He had a drinking issue. Um, he lost his home and ended up, uh, his boss uh, rented him a home uh, out in the mountains, a uh, mountainous area in Quebec. Right. And he was secluded by himself. So we said, well, of course, you, you, you combine all these things together. So you have to say that maybe that's what's causing him to experience these things. Right. Uh, because when we went there, we didn't find any audio, any video. It doesn't mean it's not haunted. It's, at the time we went, we didn't find anything. And we assume or we figured that maybe the reason he was experiencing these things was more because of his potential emotional and emotional state at the time. Is it possible that a person can actually create a paranormal experience while an investigation team is present? I think people, if they really want to experience something, they'll mm -hmm. probably experience something. It's kind of like audio matrixing. If you tell yourself this is what you want to hear, well, right. you're going to hear it. So when you go into an investigation, you have to be very level-headed. Um, you have to go in with a very critical mind, be very skeptical. We don't go into a place assuming it's haunted. We go into a place assuming it's not. And then we try to find something. So that way we don't go in with a preconceived notion that right. this place is haunted. A lot of people, they want their place to be haunted. They want to experience the paranormal. And if you, if you think about it long enough, your brain will make that happen. And you will see stuff that's not there. So when you investigate, we come in with a very neutral kind of attitude going, okay, well, we don't know if it's haunted. We're not going to assume it is. We're going to go there. We're going to observe the location. And we'll see if we can capture something. Daniel, what do you, based on your experience, believe a ghost is? Oh, that, that's a tough one, Rob. I mean, we, we don't really know what a ghost is. At this point, we don't even know if ghosts exist. Uh, I mean, everything's an hypothesis. There's, sure. there's so many theories, hypotheses, and we, we don't know. I mean, uh, what happens when we die? Uh, do we Are we energy? Do we move on to, uh, to people, you know, either heaven, mm -hmm. heaven and hell theory, or whatever your beliefs may be could be somewhere else. And uh, we, we don't really know unless you can go there and come back and yeah. tell the tale. Well, nobody knows. Um, I, I, my personal belief, yes, I believe there is some form of energy uh, that, that gets released after we pass on. Where, where that energy goes, I don't know. Whether it's measurable or not, I don't know that either. But I mean, I know what I experienced back in 2002, so there's got to be something to it. So we try as best as we can to find out if there is that existence of, of, of life after death. Could, could, could ghosts really exist? Can you come back mm -hmm. and, and, and be stuck between the living and the dead and be stuck in limbo and actually haunt the living? Is it possible? I can't say yes, I can't say no, because we don't have that evidence. Have you ever had a negative experience, uh, a bad experience with a spirit or something that other people would call a ghost while doing an investigation? Um, yes, I would say, as I said, the Trinity House was probably an experience like that. But of course, me being a skeptic, I'm trying mm -hmm. to debunk it to, um, okay, maybe it was sleep deprivation, I was right. up for too long, or we had uh, presence. Of, but not all, But everybody in the team felt it also. Um, me being affected a little bit more by it, but again, I'm very skeptical about it. So is it sleep deprivation? Um, again, the Trinity would be the place where I think if, if there is an existence of something, an existence to that, the Trinity would have been the place where I experienced it. You and I were talking off air, and I understand there's eight members uh, to your team. Does each mm -hmm. member have a specific job, or uh, how does it work? Well, I mean, I have a background in sound engineering. Yes. Um, 
Tracy is the skeptic in the team and does a lot of our admin work, admin work legal documents when investigations are conducted. Um, we do have Colin and Adam that do our videography, which they are professional videographers. They do have their own business. They've gone to university for their uh, videography. Um, Kyle is a... Um, maintenance engineer so he knows a lot about buildings how buildings will act how yeah. things can move how certain noise that we hear if it can be attributed to how a building uh the sounds of the building so we all have background that uh, taylor has a background in in parapsychology she, she's been into this stuff for, since she was a kid so we all have some kind of background uh to, to offer the team. And that's usually what I try to find when people apply for our team. I try to see if somebody can actually offer something to the team. So we all have something to give as far as our experience in, in the paranormal. Once the paranormal is established and spirits are confirmed to be an everyday part of life, how is this going to change society's outlook on life itself? Well, I think, Rob, once we prove the ghost exists, I think uh, might as well hang up my uh, camera and say, okay, we're done. We've proven it. It's over. Uh, it was a nice ride, and, you know, that's that's it. But I, I don't think that's ever going to happen, um, whether or not we're ever going to prove if it's mm -hmm. if it's that, that, that exists or not. But um, um, I wish I was the person that could actually, or my team would be the one to actually prove that that exists. And like, like I said, find that holy grail of evidence. And I guess that's what every uh, team is trying to do. do. Yes. Do teams exchange information or because they're looking for the holy grail uh, of, of proof, are they very close-minded uh, close when it comes to sharing information? Uh, I, th I think right now what's going on in the paranormal field, um, I, I think it's become extremely competitive, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. We try to be as, as cooperative with other teams as, as, as best as we can, but I think everybody knows out there that there's so many teams out there. Everybody wants that, you know, that great location to investigate, uh, whether an asylum or something like that. So it, it's become very competitive, but we have a lot of teams out there that we cooperate with uh, ourselves. So uh, sometimes there, there is a share of information for sure. All right, Danielle, please stand by. We've got to take a break at the bottom of the hour. And Dexon Nation, Daniel Duchesneau is our special guest. Uh, he is with uh, www.ghost-canada.com, and the name of the group is uh, G-H-O-S-T. And uh, Danielle and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. For your uh, complimentary copy of the X Chronicles newspaper, it's available online to read or download, or you can even buy it on Amazon.com, www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. 
SimulTV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Daniel Deschanel is our special guest. His website is www.ghost-canada.com. He's also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash ghost Canada. Daniel, um, how many different types of spirits are there uh, that have been cataloged by the paranormal community? For example, uh, we've got uh, pol- we've got demons, we've got the spirits that cause poltergeists. Uh, how many other categories are there? 
Well, I mean, there's different types of hauntings also. Mm -hmm. It's not just necessarily the types of ghosts, but I mean, uh, we, we have stuff that's called residual energy, which is, which is kind of like something, a, a ghost that would be present, and it's something that plays over and over like a record player, right. and that's called residual haunting. Um, yeah, there's there's demons, there's there's poltergeists, which are just, which is means, I think in German, means just a noisy ghost, right. um, where they're going to be a little bit more physical, not going to be more visual, they're just going to move stuff around, bang stuff around, uh, make a lot of noise, and poltergeists are usually associated, will attach themselves to a person and not a location. Um, a haunting is more associated with a location. Now, again, what, what kind of ghosts are there? We don't really know. Uh, do you want to call it a demon? Do you want to call it a, a form of energy? Again, it's evidence that we don't have. So it's hard for somebody to make a determination of how many types of ghosts we have. It's kind of like saying how many types of Bigfoot do we have? We don't know because we've never actually captured one. So we don't know. How do you and your team prevent or prepare yourself or protect yourself from bringing any negativity home with you after the investigation? Well, I mean, it, it depends on your belief system. I'm a Native American, mm -hmm. so, of course, I believe in smudging and cleansing the body. So after an investigation, um, and my team agrees, uh, sometimes if we feel we were in a, a location that uh, could be very negative, we'll do a smudging, a, a group smudging, and we cleanse our energy and try to kind of leave everything behind. If there was something there, leave it at the location and don't take it home. Um, some members of my team have different beliefs, so they do different ways of, of kind of dissipating this negative energy if it is present. For me, it would be a Native American smudging with, with regular sage. Why is it that some people have ghost experience or paranormal experiences and others don't? Now, I, I've heard this with other groups where they go into a location that is believed to have paranormal activity. Half the team will experience the paranormal activity and the other half the team will not. How does this happen? I, I think, again, it has to do with your beliefs. You're either open to it or not. Uh, it's either you have a strong flash, flashlight or you have mm -hmm. a weak flashlight. I, I don't remember which movie that was in. I think that was on The Sixth Sense where they used that um, that analogy. But um, I, I think it's either you're open to it or you're not. Uh, if you're open to it, of course, it's going to come to you. Uh, sure. So I think it's, it's, it's individual. Some people have it and some people don't. It's kind of like some people say they have psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have psychic abilities. I think it falls uh, on, a, on the same kind of grounds that uh, in a team you'll have people that are more, more open to it and some that are less and they block it out. So the ones that are open to it may experience a little bit more. Why are some locations haunted and others not? That, that's a tough one also. It, it's hard to say. I mean, if we go back to uh, the reasons we think that places are haunted, mm -hmm. of course, any kind of traumatic event people assume it's a haunted place. I don't think that that's really the case. But most people will say, well, you know, somebody died or somebody committed suicide in this location or there was a, a mass murder in another location that, okay, this place should be more haunted than another. I don't really think that's the case, but I think that's the way a person, uh, somebody will determine whether a place is haunted or not. Like, let's say, uh, uh, mental asylums, where there's a lot of uh, things that might have gone on there and uh, people just mm -hmm. assume all that negative energy is is held in that building and that would be a more haunted location uh, so i think that's what they base it on is whether the location had traumatic events or uh, some some human suffering of some sort and that's why that place would be more haunted than another but how can a building hold negativity if negativity is an emotion well ne negativity could, could also be determined as a form of energy you know, we we know energies around us all the time. Sure. 
there's so many things that we can't see. So that energy, kind of like a record player, like residual energy, it, it kind of just permeates a building. It, it would be like, um, kind of like if, if, if you, let's say I'm going to give, I'm going to, just going to be a really funny example here, Rob. Let's say you walk a skunk through a building, goes through the building, comes out the other side. You're going to walk in that building. That skunk is gone, but you can still smell it. Yes, but the smell doesn't last. And it yet doesn't last, no. And you see, there are so many of these historic sites that are believed to be haunted. And if it was just energy, that energy would dissipate or would go somewhere. It would not be contained in that area. And this is what a lot of people have a problem understanding. Yes. Well, a lot of people say is a lot of the, um, the like limestone, a lot of the materials around us absorb energy, like kind of like a record player. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gets ingra- ingrained in there and just sits there. And, it, and it, I mean, that's, again, it's an hypothesis. There's no proof to that. Yeah. Um, but that's that's where the, the this the, this belief comes, is that that building, uh, the materials in that building will absorb all that energy like a sponge, and then it just sits there. Okay, but how is it? How does someone or something activate it so that that energy then becomes uh, active instead of dormant? Well, let me. I'm gonna try to maybe use an example. Let's say something. That's, let's say asbestos. Okay. You go into a building. Asbestos. If it's if it's not touched, it's not going to hurt you. It's it's not even hazardous to your health. But as soon as you stimulate it same thing with let's say mold that's mm-hmm. the same thing as soon as you touch it you stimulate it you add moisture to mold it's going to become active again that right. would be the simplest way i could explain it that's but again rob it's a, it's an hypothesis yeah. we don't have that proof we go something is all based on hypothesis we have no proof we go in there people have experience like we've had mm-hmm. we go in there because we've had those experiences and everything else is an hypothesis there's no hard scientific evidence behind it with all the ghost researchers that are going out each and every day, for example, just in Southern California, there's over 1,500 groups. And I know we have a database that has over 50,000 groups in the United States, 15,000 groups in Canada. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at approximately 65,000 groups. Each group has a minimum of five people. That's over 300,000 people that go out each and every week. How come no evidence to this very day has been established? Well, I mean, it depends. <clears throat> Some teams will, will look at, let's say, uh, the, the whole thing with the orbs. We know for a fact that orbs are probably 99.99% dust particles in yeah. front of a camera. Um, there are particles in the air. There's moisture in the air. There's water. Mo- there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Some teams will say, hey, look at that. There's a ghost. There's an orb. And some teams will just say, no, it's just dust. So there's a lot of teams that I, I think are misinformed as far as uh, what the paranormal is. You know, somebody sees an orb and they think mm-hmm. it's it's a spirit spirit energy, but it's not. It's it's actually just dust floating in the air. But there's so many teams out there that will say that that's a ghost, and it's not. In my opinion, it's not. So you have the teams that are a little bit more they'll ex- they'll be more accepting of, you know, like. Piece of dust as that's mm-hmm. a ghost, and some teams will just say no, it's not. You know, a little bit more critical. So there's different teams out there, um, and I think the ones that that, that that capture the orbs are the ones that'll post it all over their Facebook page. Go look at that, we caught a ghost, but it's sure. not. Then we have teams like us who capture very rarely capture stuff because we're a little bit more critical. I'm not saying that these teams are better or worse or whatever. I mean, we all we all do do it because of the passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why there's not that much evidence out there. Is that, that it's it's very rare. It would almost seem as if there's a definite need for some sort of 
standardization across the board in order in order to get everybody on board doing this doing the investigations in a way that makes sense yeah, I totally agree, Rob. I mean, if we could all agree on one thing, yeah. that um, 99.9% of stuff you see on camera, especially like still photography, mm-hmm. we don't even, we never accept that as, as actual evidence. And we get a lot of people that send us pictures. And of course, like I said, we have uh, Colin and Adam that are video videographers, they're experts in photography. And I would say 100% of the time, we debunk those photos to just natural phenomena. So, you know, it, it's it's... Again, I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to find real evidence. I would imagine it's also very frustrating for you as well. It's a, it's sometimes frustrating. Yeah, yes, sometimes we'll we'll uh, we'll capture something we think it, it's mm-hmm. something uh, legit, and then we we go through our research, we look at the footage, and we try to debunk it as best as possible. And then we go, oh my god, that's what caused it. It's not paranormal at all, after all, you know. As someone so, yeah, who, it's, it's disappointing sometimes. As someone who has done a lot of audio work, how do you explain EVPs and, and why the audio is not heard at the time of the imprint into either the digital format or the analog, and it can only be recognized afterwards? Well, depending on the type of recorder you have, there's there's the frequency response. Mm-hmm. Uh, the human ear can, at birth, can uh, hear it from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. As you grow older, that diminishes yeah. to your, your lower range maybe being 18 hertz, your higher range being 16,000 hertz as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of digital voice recorders will record up to, like I think our Tascam can record up to 30,000 hertz, which is way beyond the um, human hearing. So even if something would be captured at that frequency, um, we wouldn't hear it because it's impossible. Even at birth, we can't hear something that's thirty thousand hertz. But if we it's hear it. but if it's if it's impossible for you to hear it at the time that it's recorded, how can you hear it at playback? Because the frequency doesn't change upon uh, upon playback. No, it doesn't. You're actually right on that one. Um, I, I, I can't explain that one really. I mean, it, it is captured by the recorder, so it, it's captured at that frequency, mm-hmm. and then we can actually hear it once the playback is there, but we can't hear it with our own ears at the time. All right, Danielle, please stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Danielle Deschanel is our special guest. Facebook.com forward slash ca- uh, Ghosts Canada and www.ghost canada.com and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the exon from our broadcast center and studios in hamilton ontario canada don't go away you have heard of the exon now watch it on simo tv plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. 
Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion, a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Nation, uh, Danielle Duchesneau is our special guest, and he is with uh, Ghost Canada on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Ghost Canada, and his website is www.ghost-canada.com. First of all, Daniel, thank you ever so much for joining us. Great pleasure talking to you. Same here, Rob. Uh, Thanks ho- for having me. Hey, my pleasure. I hope we can get to do this again in the future. But let me yes. ask you this. For those people listening tonight... And they say, you know what? He makes a lot of sense, that guy, Daniel. Now I know why <laughs> Rob brought him on his show. Mm-hmm. And if they're considering investigating the paranormal, what tips would you have for them? Be critical. Be skeptical. Um, don't assume a location is haunted. Uh, do your research on the location. Uh, dot your I's, cross your T's. Um, and again, don't assume a place is haunted. Uh, be as critical as possible and as skeptical as possible, no matter what your beliefs are. Have you or any other member of your team ever, ever been hurt during an investigation that the cause was uh, a paranormal entity and not your own fault? 
Well, <clears throat> I can tell you a quick story of sure. the last uh, last location we investigated, and I'm not saying that this is uh, was was made by a ghost. We investigated the St. Andrew's Presbyterian uh, Presbyterian Church in Gananoque. And we were doing an experiment with uh, what they call the ghost box. Now, I'm not I'm big. I'm a big skeptic with the okay. ghost box because, again, it's audio matrixing. So we kind of tend to put a new twist on it, where the person that listens to the ghost box has headphones, uh, noise reduction headphones, and can't understand the questions that the other person is asking. So and then they just they just blurt out what they capture in the white noise, and if the answer matches the question, makes it more credible. Well, at one point in this church. Um, Adam says, no, it was uh, Colin had the headphones and says, Dan, Adam, up. So I thought, okay, they want us to go on the second story balcony in the church. So I led the way, and as I get to the top, I trip, I fall, I almost fall over the balcony, oh, God. Bruise, my, bruise my knee, and I ram into the, um, the, the side of the balcony. So yes, I did get hurt. So my automatic reaction was, oh, something pushed me, until I came to my senses and said, no, you idiot, you just tripped. <laughs> But but then I'm thinking, what if it was some kind of entity that says, go up there, I don't like you, I'm going to push you down the stairs to make sure you get hurt. My guess is I just tripped. But that runs through your mind every time. So yes, sometimes we do get hurt, mm -hmm. but not necessarily because it's an entity that, that hurts us. It's sometimes we, we just, we're in locations, it's dark, you can trip, you can fall. So yes, it's happened where people have gotten hurt, but not seriously. Do you do your investigations during the nighttime only or during the day as well? We tend to do a little bit of both. We'll do a little bit during the day mm -hmm. on the Saturday, and we'll do evening investigations also. And uh, we actually, a lot of people say, like, why do you guys investigate at night? Well, at night, we do know that as our uh, our ears can only hear certain frequencies, our eyes can only see during um, in a certain light light spectrum. Mm -hmm. Then you have night vision cameras who can see in the IR light spectrum, and then you got full spectrum cameras that can see in the full spectrum. You, our eyes can't see that. So we did an example of one of our workshops where I kind of pointed a night vision camera at the crowd and they could see the little red lights, but that's all they could see, just the little red lights on the IR light. <clears throat> and then we took another camera facing that camera and then they saw how bright that light is. Well, the camera sees the brightness in that light, but our eyes can't see it. We see it because it's on the screen because the camera's capturing it. So again, we investigate at night because there's a lot of stuff that the camera can see that we can't. The second reason we investigate at night is because of contamination for the audio. It's quieter at night. Yeah. So you have less contamination. That's another reason why we do it at night. But we'll also do investigating during the day to see if we can capture something. So it's not strictly night. We do both. Now, when there is a good haunted horror movie that comes to the big screen, and it's been out for a couple of weeks, and the media is plugging it, and uh, talk show hosts are getting the people responsible for the movie on their shows... Do you find that there's a spike in reports of paranormal activity? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I think a lot of people probably just fall into it. I mean, it's such a, a controversial subject now, sure. paranormal, uh, with the, the, the serious paranormal activity that came out. Uh, of course, people want to get involved in that kind of mysterious stuff. And, of course, when movies come out, of course, there's probably going to be more reports of paranormal activity all over the place. Um, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Have you or, and your team ever done an investigation on a demonic situation? No, 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 we have not. Um, personally, I don't believe in demons. I believe okay. in positive negative energy. Um, I'm not saying they don't exist, but right. we've never encountered, let's say, quote unquote, a demon. Do you and your team investigate other aspects of the paranormal or do you strictly investigate 
ghosts and hauntings and things that go bump in the night? I think we strictly investigate ghosts, um, uh, hauntings of locations, uh, things that go bump in the night. <clears throat> Although, mind you, the topic of investigating other aspects of the paranormal has popped up um, all the way up to cryptozoology, up to potential UFO sightings. Right. We had actually a person that uh, um, wanted to know if we did that. And it, it's, it's, we're not saying the door is closed to that, but our spe what we like to do is mostly location hauntings, residual hauntings, and, and then reports of paranormal activity in locations as opposed to anything else. Have you, have you or your team ever seen an apparition, or have you just felt the energy? No, like I said, Rob, I, I've seen two apparitions in the house I lived in in yeah. 2002 that I can't explain. Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't have a camera or equipment to capture, right. but I know what I saw. I saw two of them. Um, I think some other members of my team had their own experiences also where they saw things they can't explain. So, um, uh, like I said, we do this because we've had experiences, and that's that's right. the reason we do it. Do you think, is it, is, it, is it my imagination, or has technology been looking the wrong way when it comes to the equipment that is being made available to paranormal investigators? Are, are they thinking inside of the box or outside of the box? Uh, it, it's hard to say. I, I think there's a lot of people out there that are trying to figure out ways to capture paranormal activity or the uh, the presence of a ghost or an entity uh, that, that's passed on from this world. I, I think some people are legitimately trying to find equipment that could do that. Now, the thing is to prove whether that equipment works or not. That's that's the big key. Unless we can capture a ghost in a box and actually right. prove that it's that it's that it exists. We're never going to know whether the equipment is going to work or not. Unless, like I said, if, if you capture uh, an EVP that says boo and then you have Ca a Casper in front of the camera at the same time <laughs> and then a window slams at the same time, well, you know what? You just got your evidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's the equipment out there. EMF meters are not meant to detect ghosts. They're meant to detect electromagnetic fields. Cameras are meant to take pictures. That's what we have at our disposal, and, and we use whatever's there to, to see if we can capture something. I mean, there's there's um, I don't think there's any special equipment that anybody's actually uh, proven that can work uh, to to detect ghosts. Listen, we talked about the uh, the Ottawa jail hostel. Have you and your team done any of the many uh, battle areas in eastern Ontario? Yes, actually we did. We did the Fort Wellington uh, this past. We actually had a public investigation at Fort Wellington. Um, unfortunately, we didn't capture anything. But we did uh, battle area, which was Fort Wellington. Unfortunately, Fort Wellington never experienced a battle at the fort directly. Hmm. But I do know that they had a, a major battle at the wind, the windmill, which was a little farther up in the fort, where a lot of soldiers got injured and killed. A lot of the injured were brought to Fort Wellington. Um, so definitely... Fort Wellington was one of the uh, biggest locations that we did that's that's had traumatic events like battles and things like that. How about Kingston, uh, the uh, fort in Kingston? Have you done anything there? Have you done anything in the old uh, Kingston Penitentiary? No, we have not done the Kingston Pen, but that's definitely on our bucket list, Rob. Yeah. That's for sure. That's definitely on our bucket list. Um, we haven't done Fort Henry either, um, but these are all locations, of course, there's been reported activity there. These are all locations that every single paranormal investigator would like to get into for sure. I mean, of, of course, like we talked about earlier, all mm -hmm. these locations have had you know, some traumatic events, especially like the Kingston Pen. I'm sure there's a lot of traumatic stuff that happened there. Fort Henry, any kind of battle area, 
or battle location must have had some kind of traumatic event. So, of course, that's where we want to kind of focus because that's the theory out there is that the, these are the locations that would have the most paranormal activity. At any given time, have have you yourself, your team, or have you heard of any other team that that report that they have had an experience where there seems to be a communication between the entity, whatever it is, and a member of their team? I, I, with the teams that we associate with, I don't think anybody's ever had that kind of experience where somebody actually interacted with some kind of entity on a one-on-one basis, whether it be a, a physical apparition, something that's, that's audio, or even a poltergeist at right. this point. So I, with the teams we associate, nobody's ever had those types of experiences as far as I know. Daniel, the time has come when you and I must say so long. Before we go, uh, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and your team. Well, they can visit our Facebook page, which is, as you mentioned earlier, Facebook slash uh, Ghost Canada. Uh, we go by Ghost Canada on Facebook. And this, this is the, or that form of media, Facebook, is where we have uh, most of our followers. We have about 53,000 followers on Facebook. And, of course, our website, www.ghost-canada.com, is another place they can uh, get in touch with us if, if they're experiencing any kind of activity. Daniel, I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure, and I look forward to the next time when you and I meet back here in the X-Zone. I loved it, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I, I totally enjoyed it. Take care of yourself, my friend, and my very best to you the rest of your team as well. Same to you, Rob. Thanks so much. Good night, Daniel. Exonation. Nation, Daniel Deschanel has been my guest this hour. His website is ghost-canada.com and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash ghost Canada. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. 
We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. 